0: Does the new Chicago White Sox manager Pedro Grifol have an offseason wish list? Could free agent outfielder Andrew Benatendi be on that list? Lucas Giolito is looking to return to accustomed levels and has been putting in the work both on and off the baseball diamond. Also, let's take a trip down memory lane when the Chicago White Sox spent a ton of money and made a very bold move. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host Nick Marowski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan. Recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk off-season White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Uh, Separated by 10 years, 2004 and 2014 were two memorable off-seasons for the White Sox. Uh, There is no lockout this year to stop Lucas Giolito from working with Ethan Katz as he tries to return to form. Does Pedro Graffold uh, have a wish list this holiday season? And would the Sox front office listen? Uh, some housekeeping things here. Just a reminder uh, there is no podcast, uh, no new episode, I should say, this Friday, uh, December 16th, unless there is a major move uh, made by the White Sox that would require, of course, an emergency episode. And starting next week, Uh, Monday, December 19th, Lockdown White Sacks will enter the off-season schedule and shift to three episodes a week instead of five. Uh, But again, if there is uh, some major news on the White Sacks front, the episode number can uh, always be modified. Uh, Let's go to uh, this Jim Bowden's article in The Athletic. Uh, A recent article uh, entitled Top 25 Remaining Free Agents uh, which which teams will land uh, Correa, Rodon, and uh, Swanson. Again, this was uh, In the Athletic by Jim Bowden. Uh, remember, Jim Bowden, uh, the guy uh, that gave the White Sox a letter grade of D when it came to uh, the offseason so far and what they have done or maybe not done. So Bowden goes through the list of these 25 remaining free agents, and for most of the free agents uh, still out there, he picks a team or a few teams that would, in theory, be a good fit. Uh, in the article, Bowden has four players uh, linked to the Chicago White Sox as a logical uh, landing spot. Not necessarily that there is communication between the White Sox and this player, but uh, Jim Bowden, an outsider, someone uh, involved in the just the baseball world, says, "You know what? Based on what the White Sox need." I I think these four players uh, could be a good fit. So Michael Conforto, uh, right fielder. Boy, we talk about Michael Conforto uh, so much uh, this past offseason. It just seems so logical for all of the different needs uh, that the White Sox have been trying to address. Uh, A lefty bat, corner outfielder, 29 years old, bats left, throws right, did not play in 2022. Uh, This is what Bowden had to say about Conforto. Michael Conforto uh, is my sleeper pick. He has hit more than 25 home runs three times in his career and will enter next season at only 30 years old. Uh, He missed the entire 2022 season after undergoing right shoulder surgery uh, that has been medically cleared. I think Conforto will be the undervalued free agent signing this offseason. The White Sox, Nationals, Marlins, Rockies, and Rays would be a good fit. So, Sox have company. As you will find uh, several of these names. Uh, that's that's how it's been going. Uh, another name, Gene Segura. We've talked about this uh, this player before on this podcast. You have heard this name, uh, obviously. On the big stage, uh, this past uh, postseason, uh, Gene Segura, second base, Sox have been looking for a second baseman, a proven veteran second baseman, uh, for maybe a dozen years or so, if not more. Uh, Segura's 32 years old, bats right, throws right, uh, salary in 2022 uh, 15.85 million. So that might already put him out of the running. Uh, with the White Sox. However, this is what Bowden had to say about Segura. Gene Segura had a decent season with the National League champion Philadelphia Phillies, slashing 277, 336, 387 with 10 home runs and 13 stolen bases. He missed two months of the season with a broken finger. He is a solid defender and would be a short term upgrade. For the Chicago White Sox at second base. So this this one particular Sox are the only name uh, mentioned for uh, Segura. Uh, another second baseman, Adam Frazier. You've heard this name before. Uh, age thirty, bats left, throws right. Uh, his 2022 salary, eight million. Okay, reasonable. That seems like it could be. It seems like it could be uh, in the White Sox window there. Uh, this is what Bowden says. Uh, Adam Frazier was an all-star in 2021 when he slashed 305, 368, 411 with 36 uh, doubles and 10 stolen bases. He tailed off significantly in the second half of that season and slipped further in 2022, batting 238 in uh, 22 doubles in a 602 plate appearances. Uh, Frazier has averaged a uh, 273 batting average, 336-0. A BP per 162 games over seven years in the majors, so he should bounce back in 2023. The White Sox would be a good landing spot for him. Uh, Bowden pushing the second baseman uh, pretty hard here on these uh, Chicago White Sox. Obviously, it has been a revolving door for this franchise for a long, long time. So. Remember, uh, go back, you know, a couple of seasons ago or maybe a full season uh, when there was this strong desire to get Adam Frazier in a White Sox uniform at the trade deadline in 2021. You remember that? Uh, He was with Pittsburgh at the time. Uh, He eventually went to the Padres. His numbers, of course, as Bowden mentioned, have fallen off, but he would be a perfect uh, fit for the return to a custom levels program uh, that the White Sox will be running in 2023. Uh, and then we've got Andrew Benatendi, left field, age 28, bats left, throws left, uh, 2022 salary, $8.5 That seems like it could be doable for the White Sox. Uh, Bowden says the Yankees want to re-sign Andrew Benatendi because they need to add another left-handed bat and create more traffic on the bases at the top of their lineup. Uh, Benatendi would be ideal Uh, for teams like the Blue Jays, White Sox, Astros, Rays, and Marlins that need a left-handed hitting outfielder. The fact that the Astros and Blue Jays are mentioned in that list worries me, uh, among so many other uh, reasons. Uh, But Andrew Benatendi, of all those players that Bowden lists there, Andrew Benatendi intrigues me. I'm interested in it uh, much more than Joey Gallo. Uh, or Michael Conforto, Benatendi has that Pedro Grifol connection. After five seasons in Boston, he went to the Kansas City Royals, uh, Grifol's former employer. He had a solid 2021 uh, season: slash, 2.76, 3.24, 7.66, and one a Gold Glove, of course, in left field. In 2022, after 93 games, he was traded to the Yankees. And that's where, of course, he finished the season. He only played in 126 games last year, and his power numbers dropped off, but he made his first All-Star game. Ben Attendee, a lefty bat, and would fit nicely in left field, a place the White Sox have a huge need. So my question is, does Pedro Graffold have a wish list, a list of players that he covets and feels would be perfect for what he's trying to build on the South side? If he does, could Ben Attendee be on that list? And would Jerry in the front office even listen to his desires? You know, I'm assuming Tony LaRussa had a wish list, and it sure seemed to revolve around relief pitchers. Uh, TLR was no stranger to developing a bullpen with a specialized closer role. You got to think Larusa targeted uh, Liam Hendricks, the best closer out there during that offseason. And the White Sox got him. You know, Sox also added Kendall Graveman before the lockout last season, Uh, Joe Kelly uh, before the season started. And who could forget the big trade deadline acquisition, Jake Diekmann. I'm just speculating that, you know, La Russa wanted all of those guys, but, you know, you can build an argument that they also fit his style. Does Pedro Grafol have a similar list? It seems like Graffol had the ability to, for the most part, pick out his coaching staff. You got to wonder, will Jerry allow his loyal servant, Rick Hahn, to help Pedro Grafol get what he needs to be successful in 2023? There are two months until pitchers and catchers report. Uh, it seems like plenty of time, but not really. Lucas Giolito had a disappointing 2022 season, but is definitely putting in the work this offseason. I'm going to tell you why 2023 could be different for Giolito. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and eSports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Uh, BetOnline, where the game starts. So Lucas Giolito is uh, having himself an off season. You might have read about this. Uh, what might 2023 look like for the right-hander? Uh, James Feigen had a recent article in The Athletic about Lucas Giolito. Definitely worth your time if you have not checked it out. I mean, the Athletic subscription is also well worth it, in my opinion. I've got no skin in the game here, uh, though. If you're looking for a gift for someone or yourself, think about it. The uh, article titled uh, Lucas Giolito's transformative Season" from his pitching delivery to the environment. Uh, this is from Fegan's article. Uh, when Giolito said he searched endlessly for answers in his delivery during the season's second half with pitching coaches Ethan Katz and Kurt Hassler and assistant director of baseball operations, Rod Larson, it's hard to implement a whole new routine and program in the middle of the season. Uh, And he was just battling with what he had down the stretch. When the biomechanical readout was complete, Giolito said he and his personal team saw a host of spots in his delivery where his body was not firing correctly. And now that he's not competing every five days or even throwing off a mound at this point in the winter, overhauling his faults uh, has his full focus. The 28-year-old right-hander says he's already back to his normal playing weight after adding 20 pounds last spring and is focusing more on fluid movement than the heavy lifting that led to his added bulk. He's attending physical therapy twice per week nearby at Mankind Uh, for a program focused on stability in his leg joints over raw strength, reintroducing plyometric balls in his routine, and compared his overall program to the work he did with cats in the winter before his 2019 breakout campaign. Uh, Based on everything we are seeing on video, I'm in a much better spot, Giolito said. Everything's firing correctly. The kinetic chain from my feet all the way up to my arm on release, it's a lot cleaner right now. So I'm just staying with that. Boy, is that promising. That is great to read. Uh, Here's what Rick Hahn had to say. Extensive track record of success. A few physical changes last year. Things with his delivery that I know he and Ethan are on. And next year is obviously a big year for us and a big year for Lucas. So expect him coming to camp ready to go and optimistic that he'll revert back to form that we saw previously. If there's one guy you know is going to work on it and work diligently and methodically with a plan, it's Lucas. Um, I mean, I don't know about you. Uh, it was painful watching Lucas Giolito try to make sense of what was going wrong uh, when he would speak during post-game press conferences. He had no answers uh, to his performance, and it sounded like he was trying to reimagine his delivery his approach, everything in real time, which is a massive undertaking. Uh, return to a custom levels. Uh, Giolito returning to form would be a huge boost for the starting rotation. I don't like thinking of a return to form as like acquiring a critical free agent to address a need, but uh, 2019 or even 2020 Giolito would be just what we need Uh, He's definitely putting in the work, and there is no lockout to disrupt any relationship uh, with Ethan Katz. Melky Cabrera, a ton of money and traded a power hitter for a speedster. I'm going to tell you all about the White Sox off seasons from long ago. Uh, More on that in a moment got an anniversary of acquisitions, I guess. A uh, lot of stuff happening uh, on these dates here. We, we really just missed it by a day here. It's the eight-year anniversary. On December thirteenth, 2014, the Chicago White Sox signed Melky Cabrera to a three-year, $42 million deal uh, in a span of three weeks the White Sox spent $128 million and traded away uh, some talent for Jeff Samarja. If you don't remember this offseason, go back, read about it, ask some folks that were around it and paying attention. Uh, it was a wild offseason uh, for the White Sox. Uh, the White Sox were aggressive. They had a plan. This is what Rick Hahn said at the beginning of the offseason in 2014. Let's Listen to this. It's certainly our goal to address, ideally, all of what we feel are our needs before they shift as quickly as possible. It's very important to continue to be aggressive this offseason and knock out as many things as we can off that list and put ourselves in a position to contend as quickly as possible. Wow! Wow! Things have changed. The socks were 63 and 99 in 2013. And after all those moves and money spent, they were a disappointing 73 and 89 in 2014. They went from finishing fifth in 2013 to finishing fourth place in 2014. So do you think Jerry Reinsdorf still holds Rick Hahn accountable for that offseason? Maybe he uses that offseason as a reason why he doesn't expand the payroll. Uh, Also, missing by one day here, we are celebrating the 18th anniversary of the Chicago White Sox acquiring Scott Podsednik and Luis Viscaino from the Milwaukee Brewers in exchange for Carlos Lee. Wow, it was tough seeing Carlos Lee go. Carlos Lee had 31 home runs and 99 RBIs in 2004 for the White Sox. He played in 153 games and slashed 305, 366, and 525 with an OPS of 891. This was also the offseason where Magley Ordonez was lost to the Detroit Tigers. On paper, it was a bizarre offseason uh, for the Sox, but Kenny Williams... Put a team together that seemed to be more geared uh, toward what Ozzie Guillen wanted to do, or at least that's how I justified it uh, when this all happened. Could we see the White Sox start putting together a team geared towards what Pedro Grifol wants to do? Time, unfortunately, is slipping away. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Locked On White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. We are on Twitter at Locked You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore G-G-T-B. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Locked On White Sox. Thanks for making Locked On White Sox your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast: the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I will continue to take a look at off-season scenarios for the Chicago White Sox as the Pedro Grafol era moves full steam ahead and the dust hopefully starts to settle. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morawski. Until next time, Go Sox!